1: And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be.
2: We sure are, and you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure.
1: We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. Today we have a very special guest with us, Dr. Megan Fleming as she's a sex and relationship expert whose motto is to become the happiest couple you know. We absolutely love this, and you have to hear what she has to say coming up soon.
2: We love happy, healthy, and always horny. As we do on every show, let me tell you about our top waterproof, waterproof blanket, because nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. <laughs> Even if you're not a squirter and you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leakproof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets.
1: It protects against messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness. And when you're done, you just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. Remember... Great sex is messy sex, so to keep your bed dry, simply go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket, that's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, and order yours today. Great sex
2: starts now. It sure does, and so does today's show, you know, we're Carol and David. Are you constantly too tired for sex or simply can't find the time? Has work and family monopolized all your time and energy, leaving your couple teetering on the edge of disaster? Do you ever wonder how other couples find the time to keep it sexy? Well, Dr. Megan Fleming is here to tell you how important it is to To make time every time every day to work on your relationship and spice up your sex life.
1: On today's show, Start With Sex, we're talking about how important it is to make time every day to work on your relationship. We always say spice up your
2: sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny. Every day. But that doesn't happen on its
1: own. You know, you have to make it happen.
2: You do. you got to work at it. And relationships are hard work. At any age or any any stage of your relationship, you have to work on making things better and taking them to the next level. And like we said on our last show, Stasis. stasis is death. Exactly.
1: And you have to add that passion to your relationship. You don't want any humdrum or stale, boring time. You want to get in it and passionately talk about everything, your dreams, your wants, your desires. Yeah, and we
2: know that sometimes life gets in the way, you know, kids and work and all those other stresses that suck up your time. And you know, we get it. But your couple, your relationship, your sex life is just as important as your kids and your work. Now sometimes outside
1: influences that we can't control affect your relationship too, like losing a
2: job. Or a loved one or getting sick or your kids getting sick sick. But at, those times, but at those times, is when you need your partner the most. Those are the times that strengthen your relationship, and that's why you need to have that strong base.
1: So we understand that no relationship is perfect, right? There's always those ups and downs, there and they're not always in the bedroom, but no. they're always ups and downs in your relationship.
2: Yeah, and that's why that communication we talked about is so key, and you know, sometimes we have a hard enough time talking about or discussing regular stuff. But when it gets to those difficult conversations, you have to be good communicators. And, you know, those negative issues that you want to try and push off and, and not talk about, you sometimes can't Sometimes we hope them.
1: that you just ignore them and yeah. they go away. And they don't go away. No, they don't no, go and away. No, they
2: don't resolve themselves. You really got to talk about them. That's
1: the worst thing to do is just to ignore.
2: Absolutely. Especially
1: when they pertain with sex. Yeah,
2: you know, so many people... Um, have sex but don't talk about sex and some people ask for sex and don't talk about the type of sex they want to have So it's so important to have those open lines of communication.
1: And sometimes our lives get so busy that we forget about our partner. We forget that we have to appreciate them. We forget to give them compliments or say thank you for the nice little things they do.
2: I thank you, baby, for having a beautiful smile, having gorgeous tits. What about that blowjob I gave you this morning? The blowjob was fantastic, and I'm looking forward to some sexy time uh, when we leave here. We have one of those new toys from Doc Johnson to Uh try out.
1: We certainly do. And don't forget to initiate romance.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have a couple of candles that mm-hmm. you have decided you're going to put up I for love me. that
1: aromatherapy that it we is, got. It is, and it's Makes not sense.
2: always the guy doing it for the girl. Yeah. It's the girl doing it for the guy. Like yeah. Valentine's Day is for the girls, and steak and blowjob uh, a month later is for the guys. Well, you got
1: your steak and blowjob, honey. No I complaining. Did, absolutely. And you also have to commit to having sex. It's not something that you can just put off either. You have to say, even if you don't feel like it, you have to say, okay, okay.
2: Let's do it. Let's do it. And, and not that functional <laughs> sex, but, you know, it's, it's not like, okay, let's go do sex and we're going to have it today and we're going to have it for 15 minutes. No, 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 no. You have to commit to having the sex and making the environment and enjoying it so it adds passion to that relationship.
1: And we and, always say that the relationship starts. And, and ends in the bedroom exactly what happens between the sheets affects your relationship with your partner yeah. it's
2: called your sex life for a reason yes because sex sustains your life of your relationship it sustains it's easy the life of your relationship and sex and intimacy creates those bonds that holds your couple together it's essential for a deeply passionate and meaningful relationship right and having sex has so many great smells and aromas and tastes but Those physical and emotional benefits are so important to the happiness and healthiness of your relationship. And your life. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And and even though most people are not comfortable talking about their problems in and out of the bedroom, we all know it's essential to get the kinks out. Pun intended,
2: (laughs) every single day.
1: And communication is the key to staying connected with your
2: partner. And for those couples who are not currently talking about their sex lives, You guys got to find a way to do it, to express your needs and your wants in and out of the bedroom. Your relationship depends upon it.
1: But how do we do this? How do we? Stay tuned for Dr. Megan. She has some great tips on how to start with sex. Right.
2: And this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we're here to help you spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Now, now a little bit about our guest.
1: Megan Fleming, Dr. Megan Fleming, is a sex and relationship expert with over 15 years of experience helping couples discover what's holding them back from having the sex and relationship they want and dream about. She's also the author of *Invisible Divorce:
2: Finding Your Way Back to Connection*. And direct from New York City, we welcome Dr. Megan Fleming. Megan, welcome to the Sexy Lifestyle. Oh, Carol,
0: dude, so happy. So happy to be here. Um, I think that uh, you bring up some important points around that, you know, sexy is our vitality. It's our lifeline. It's, you know, I think that uh, pleasure is a God given right in our bodies. And, you know, always figuring out in a relationship how to give and receive pleasure is, um, you know, it's sort of the key to that sense of vitality and connection.
2: And that's what keeps us going every day. Every day. And your motto, become the happiest couple you know, is just so, so part of who we are. Like, we talk about being happy, healthy, and horny. But, you know, we wanted to know, um, are you and your husband the happiest couple that you know or can be? Well, I think
0: that uh, it's interesting you we all have different mottos, right? So yours is happy, healthy, horny. On um, Some of mine's happy, healthy, and hot, and maybe horny. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that. This. Clearly, great life, great sex is a part of it. Um, but hot, like, you know, hot comes in every shape and size. It's how you feel in your body, and it's um, not allowing our culture to define how you feel hot or how you feel hot with your partner. So, you know, coming back to your question in terms of me and my husband, um, I really think that... Are we the happiest? I don't know. But that's my commitment and that's our journey, um, 100% that, you know, I think that uh, it's all about growth and focusing on pleasure and recognizing that, you know, all of relationship has its struggle, right? It's ups and downs, the moments of connection and disconnection. But ultimately, we're always committed to each other, to connection and to growth.
1: Wow, that's awesome. And I know that you got you are like a blogger and you have your own blog on your website, but I saw also that you are the resident sex therapist of another blog site called Girl Boner Blog. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Sure. I mean, Girl Boner is uh, headed by August McLaughlin. I think she's amazing. And I um, was recently sort of one of, there was a recent posting that she's one of the top three in the listing of six feminist blogs. Um my role there is it's about female sexual empowerment and ultimately uh, helping couples have those difficult conversations and recognizing that, you know, as, I think especially as women, we, who often may struggle with low desire, how to keep on that intersexual pilot light. I think we have to no longer expect or anticipate our partners to turn ourselves on and to take the responsibility for our own pleasure.
1: And what is your favorite topic to talk about?
0: Um, I think it's just pleasure, right? Oh, <laughs> how do you give nice. it? How do you receive it? Yeah. Uh, you know, How do you think out of the box? Mm-hmm. How do you not get in that state of rut that I think you alluded to earlier? Um, the reality in my mind is that um, really ships are the opportunity to, uh, your relationship is a, that safety net in a sense to explore and to maybe push boundaries and really try on what gives you pleasure. And my big thing is I say, if you try something on, try, try again. Because right. the first time you try anything, you're what we call spectator and you're observing. Do I like it? Do I not? What's my partner thinking? What are they thinking? That, 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 that. You're in your head, right? Yeah. Foundation of arousal relaxation. So ideally, it's about getting in there and just trying on, trying again, and ultimately seeing experientially what feels right for you.
2: Yeah. Right. And we tell couples and people who ask us all the time, you know, if you're gonna, you know, explore a fantasy or try something different, and it's probably not going to work out great the first time, so don't give up. Just try it again. But after the first time, talk about it. What you liked, what you didn't like. Laugh, have fun, and go back and try it again. You know, it's it's not um, natural for people to try certain things that they haven't been doing for so many years. But um, you got to try. You got to keep that spice going every day.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you in the sense of. So, again, it's to try and try and again. But I also would say, in some mind, um, in some level, when you're, like, starting something new, I say to my clients, you don't know, you want to put your toe toe in the pool. You don't want to right. dive into the deep end. Baby right? steps. Because the reality is, I don't know, you don't know, and nobody can know until you're in the moment <laughs> yeah. how something feels. All so right. I think as you're exploring boundaries and um, areas of pleasure that you haven't explored before, you know, you really do want to take it step-by-step and take
2: it slow. Yeah, and you know, travel group where we take people um, on vacation to either uh, lifestyle swinger resorts or clothing optional resorts, and, you know, 50% of people who go to these resorts um, don't swing and don't play, but there's people who are there just for that, you know, erotic or sexy experience, and... You know, we tell everybody just baby steps. If you're not comfortable going naked, you know, go in a micro bikini um, and you know, set your rules, set your boundaries before you go in and don't change them. Do what you say you're going to do, come back, replay it, and then um, the next day or the next week or the next month do what your uh, rules are or your limits are for the next time. And, you know, it's, it's about the journey. It's not about, you know, going from um, being a vanilla person who all they do sex in the missionary position to jumping into an orgy. It just doesn't work that way. You have to have that progression. So definitely communication um, and, and talking about everything is, is key. And, and the part I would add to what you're
0: saying, I think it's so important, it's um, first of all as you said it's like the vision going in with a sense of what you're comfortable with and where your lines are what's yes no not for now but it's also I think in my mind that um, you are you know that, that experiential piece because um, you know we're like Anal, right? Yeah. Trying to say that word, and somebody has one reaction, and another person has another, right? So, you know, you start with first what your initial reaction is, but I think it's important that you you take your time and you're open and receptive to, you know, ultimately learning erotically what works for you individually and together as a couple,
2: right?
1: Now, some people have like certain patterns in their life that they do the same thing over and over again. And sometimes it's hard to get out of that pattern. But I know uh, you have some some tips and tricks on how to add that spicy slowly but surely into your life so that you can actually enjoy a, a spicy sex life every day. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Well, I think it's first and foremost the same as you said, I think a lot of couples fall into a pattern. We sort of refer to it as a sexual script. Some people may say it's a sexual rut. Um, and listen, there's something to be always said about that which you enjoy, um, like vanilla or chocolate ice cream. But ultimately, I think that uh, are you willing to try on the new flavor? And mm-hmm. you may or may not like that flavor, and so that's the toe versus the deep end part mm-hmm. of it. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's the openness to... Uh, the eroticism of the idea, you know, erotic reading or um, fantasy that you share and sort of exploring sort of what I think about as a couple, what is on your menu, right? And what is on the menu right now, this moment, it's a green light, yes. Um, it's a yellow light. You know, let's explore and see if it goes green. And then there's sort of the not for now for in this moment, it's red. But you know what, as you move forward, that 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 might change and mm-hmm. that you might be open to as you explore what works for you both.
1: And certain confidences come and some experiences come and then the terrifying of if you don't know what's happening next, you get over that at first because you, now you know what's going to happen next and then you can move on to the next phase.
0: Right, in a way that feels good to you individually and personally because I think the nature of being... Um, our human experience mammals that we are is that the unknown is like it's like it's like oh my god it's it's constricted energy um the foundation of arousal is always relaxation so you know any time you try something new two things one you're like what's gonna happen what do i think (laughs) what does my partner think um there's definitely constricted energy in there and that's you're not yet at that place of uh relaxation so hence the try try again
1: Exactly. Now, I saw there was a survey out there that said, or I I wasn't sure if it was on your post or not, but it was where, where exactly does feeling desirable and sexy fit into a day so full of everything else? And 79% of women surveyed responded that kids, life, and work prevented them from truly enjoying their own sexuality. Yikes. Wow. 79%
0: you know it's interesting I think you both are like in some ways balking at that statistic but I you know I live in New York City and I think in general uh we live very over scheduled lives and we can talk about the differences over generations but between the constantly plugged in and don't get a break um I really think that we're running a little bit more on empty and potentially with one foot on the gas and one on the brake so um it's on one level that statistic is not surprising to me, but I also think that this is our topic, right? Right. It, you have to prioritize your your relationship and your sexuality and, and the feeling of pleasure. Um and you have to conserve energy for it and you have to make time for it.
1: Every right. day, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean I I'm an advocate for an orgasm a day by yourself <laughs> with your partner.
1: Me and too. The reality
0: is <laughs> that's called dopamine and oxytocin and you know it's like it's the natural high that god has given us but um you know everybody finds their way into that but you know i think it's about being really connected to our bodies um i think so much in our culture today people are numbing left right
1: and center and they're not feeling what they should be feeling or what they could be feeling. They're not maximizing it. 100%. Yeah, what they could be feeling.
2: All right. We're going to um, hold you right there. Uh, We're going to get into talking about um, how to rekindle your desire and bring your sexy back in just a minute. Uh, This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we have with us today Dr. Megan Fleming, who is a sex and relationship expert. We're going to take a short pause and continue with Dr. Megan, so stay right there.
1: We just want to tell everyone about topless travel and the amazing trips we have planned for next
2: year. Absolutely, and you know topless travel offers the sexiest and most erotic vacation experiences from Hedonism 2, where we are right now in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun and Dominican Republic, and all the bliss cruise adventures. Topless travel needs to be your number one choice.
1: And their trips are all about pushing boundaries and exploring your naughty side. And their exclusive sexy host couples, well, like us, like and of course, uh, Party Mark, are always there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy
2: vacation. Yep, and like we are here, you'll find us on many of the topless travel trips, but listen up. We're going to be back here at Hedonism in April for their Swinging for Newbies event, April 6th to 13th, 2024. So if you're considering coming to Hedo for the very first time, take the plunge with topless travel next April, and we'll be here to answer any questions you may have.
1: For more information about all their trips, visit toplesstravel.com to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. And as a quick reminder, if you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people on events in your area, you can go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. That's sdc.com and promo code 30314.
2: This is The Sexy Lifestyle and we are Carolyn and David. We're talking about making time in your day, every day, to work on your relationship and spice up your sex life. Dr. Megan Fleming has some great tips for couples who want more from their relationship.
1: So we were talking about, uh, in your workshop, rekindle your desire and bring back your sexy. So how do you guide people or couples to embrace and explore their sexuality?
0: Well, I think in so many ways, it first starts with the fact that there's a possibility there that um, in our culture, unfortunately, the monogamy equals monotony in the sense of like,
2: how do I eroticize,
0: you know, since the partner I've had for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And yet I would say, you know, interesting, you often don't uh, get bored of your own hands. So (laughs) it's not necessarily the familiar that's the problem, I think it's the mindset. So I think starting with mindset and knowing um, that exploration and curiosity and possibility is always on your menu.
1: And so for this, you in your workshop, do you have exercises for people to do? Is it discussions they have to do?
0: Sure. I mean, um, the particular Rekindle, it, it's, um, it's an audio and it's sort of a workbook, but it starts with that sense of, in some ways, knowing all the ways... Um, we turn ourselves off long before our partner even enters the room, oh. right? Um, I think it's so important in, for women in particular that we keep our own inner sexy pilot light on uh-huh. um, and recognize sort of the ways we can turn ourselves off and the ways we can turn ourselves on and really taking responsibility for that. And this um, program is a really... Um, sort of, uh, you know, multiple steps in terms of your visualization and your vision and um, exercises you can do to really uh, sort of take on the empowerment of owning your sexuality and the ability to feel your own pleasure.
1: So is it self-exploration to start with and then how can you bring your partner in or is it something that you always do together with your partner?
0: You know, I'm glad you asked that because... um, you know, I think so often, and uh, I hate to say it somewhat tragically sometimes, um, the women that I work with, they, they've they lost their own connection to their own pleasure and they feel a duty and responsibility, this sounds crass, <laughs> but, you know, take it for the team, uh, <laughs> that, um, you, that, that they show up for sex that doesn't feel worth having, it's for their partner, and ultimately that always backfires the mind-body connection and the body ultimately speaks and that leads in my mind often to aversion and lack of desire. So, I think first and foremost, I want to connect women for how and why, what feels pleasurable to them and the value of feeling pleasure in their body because some women are like, if I never had sex again, I'd be okay with that. I'm like, "Uh,"
1: like, fingernails
0: with chalkboards. Oh my God, like you've totally cut yourself off from even knowing, right? What... Like, what gives you pleasure? Like, that that's the tragedy to me. Mm-hmm.
1: And so you think women mostly want to do it to please their man? Is that what you're saying? Is that what's happening out there?
0: Um, I don't know if it's both women, but I would say it's a number of women, right? And I wouldn't say it's an insignificant percentage. Um, and I think that, unfortunately... For many, many reasons, some women have never learned to relax and let go, or known their own orgasm, or what gives them pleasure, or you know, expected the part of their pleasure. I mean, there's so many ways that that looks, but I think that I think sadly, um, because ultimately, you know, men have more testosterone, and the reality is, men's desire is more spontaneous, mm-hmm. and women's desire is more responsive, and I think unfortunately, women. Um, are in a state of mind where they're uh, running on empty, and therefore the only thing they're responsive to is reality TV, right? Um, like they, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and binge watching it.
0: Like th- they they don't have bandwidth for anything more than that, and therefore they don't know what they're cutting themselves off from because they haven't conserved energy because they for don't know that self, mango ice cream. Their care and their own pleasure.
2: Right. Now, if, if our listeners wanted to uh, buy or get your um, workshop, Rekindle Your Desire, how would they go about doing that?
0: Um, that's a great question. Um, Could they just go so to your website? I, well, they can go to my website. But so oh, if nice. They went to greatlifegreatsex.com, which, which is my uh, website, and then they forward slash the word desire.
2: Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you for that. Now, what, you know... Let's move on to real nitty gritty. So what are your top three tips for creating that passion and desire in the bedroom, in the kitchen, in the basement, on the chair, in the car, anywhere? <laughs> what are three things that people can do tonight to get, create some of that passion and desire?
0: Well, I think first and foremost is the fact that it's possible. I mean, in my mind, in experience, um, I I see what I call foreclosure of imagination. People are like, been there, done that, tried it all. I'm like, "Uh," ugh. And um, so you have to have a mindset of wherever you are right now, this moment that is not in any way indicative of what's possible. You have to see and picture and imagine and step into the sexuality and the pleasure and the partnership that you want. I think that's first and foremost. I think second of all, you have to show up with 100% of your 50%. You know, we often look for our partner to do so, but the reality is we have to show up at best of self. And I think sort of third of all is that sense of two parts consistency being consistent and not just like okay i gave it all but uh, they didn't give it yet you know um <laughs> keep giving it because yeah keep doubt that you right. really mean it and you know so the consistency of that and giving it time
1: uh, so they something that they could do tonight that's that's going to bring their passion is to talk about what they want to do is that something you can suggest well, then be there and be there well, for Well, I
0: would say create a relationship vision or a sexual vision.
1: Oh, a dream, of right? fantasy. Where we are now and
0: where I see us, you know, in the next month, six months, a year from now, ten years from now, where I want to go with you, what I want to feel and experience with you, right? I think getting on the same page about a vision
1: is incredibly powerful. Mm, absolutely.
2: absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all about staying connected and, you know, being on that journey together. Yes.
1: Now, what advice do you have for those ladies who equate sexiness to their dress dress size? And how do you define sexy?
0: Listen, I think it's such a loaded question in our culture. And I think so So many times Hollywood defines, quote-unquote, sexy. And I really want to all know that... Um, we can turn ourselves on long between before we can turn ourselves off. And like there's a whole sense of like, it's not about a dress size. Um, It's about sexy confidence. I mean, we all come in all shapes and sizes. So do our vulvas, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, they're all beautiful and owning your beauty right now, this moment where you're at, regardless of where you're going to go or what's going to be, that's independent. And I think owning Feeling sexy in your body right now, this moment is, uh, and that
1: sense of confidence is the biggest part. So I've I've actually researched the definition of sexy several times on the internet, and when I type in what how to define sexy, so many quotes come up where it says confidence is sexy, and you said it also. So it's something that's so common that um, or common to think of that when you're confident, you can be sexy.
0: Absolutely. An and the other interesting thing is that. You know, what is often the biggest desire is feeling your partner's desire. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. when you're confident, regardless of your shape or size, and you're like in your eyes, looking at your partner like, oh, you, I want you. (laughs) Like -hmm. You know what? Like, regardless of how, like, they're like, oh, oh, like, because it's about feeling desired.
1: Mm -hmm. It's, It's in your head and how you feel. And it's not really a look. It's how you feel from inside out.
0: Absolutely, it's always an inside job.
2: Now, on your blog, keep your sexual pilot light on, always. Do people actually give up on sex? Do you talk about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, in my mind, um, it's not uncommon that there's a mismatched desire, desire discrepancy um, between male or female, and typically we think male with a higher libido, but it's not always. Sometimes it's the woman, and sometimes it's more painful because culturally they think I'm a woman. Why don't you want me? Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality here is that um, it's so important that you don't get lost in that definition and that you recognize whether it's a male or a woman, you know, it's important that you think about um, basically how to keep it sexy, how to keep it worth wanting.
2: And just because, you know, we talked about it on a couple of shows ago, just because. Um, You've been married for 25 years and your sex life has gone stale or it's never been good. It's just never too late to start again. Start talking about it. You know, discuss articles you've seen um, online. Um, TV shows now are so risque. Um, There's Fifty Shades of Grey, which, you know, we we know (laughs) wasn't the greatest movie. But it's opened that should we could we would we discussion. Um, So, you know, just because it hasn't been good doesn't mean it can't be good.
0: I think that this um, is such a huge and important point um, to bring across because I think so often, first of all, we have a cultural negativity around, I've been with you five years, 10 years, you know, you know, and the reality is that somehow that's not sexy. And that communication, which post-Viagra and CLS on somewhat level, we think sex is really affluent and certainly we're in a fortified world as this. You know, we're open about sexuality. The reality is when it comes to intimate relationships, uh, those conversations typically are not happening. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for couples to have those conversations, to express those long... Again, don't express it from the frustration, which is what often happens, the pain point, the frustration, what's not happening. You express it from the wish and the longing. What I want to feel and experience with you and how that would make me feel and how I would like that to make you feel. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a very different conversation uh, that couples should be having. And
1: yeah. do you think that we live in this culture of watching reality TV, that we're always watching things happen instead of doing it ourselves?
0: Yes, because that's what's safe, right? right? I think that sense of, I mean, we certainly know that sense of vulnerability um, and putting yourself out there. And it's so easy to look and be entertained by something outside of yourself and not taking the risk and the courage. And I don't know, you don't know how it's going to go, but it's, that's actually where like that grit and that excitement is like, uh, what, how's it going to go? But yet you have the safety net of your relationship to figure that out and to realize at the end of the day, you know, your partner's got your back.
1: Well, and I think that's really what we find exciting about the swinging lifestyle, because when we go into those swinging situations where we're really not quite sure what's going to happen, but we're together, we're in it together, we do it together, and that's the thrill of meeting another couple, and we're not sure if it's going to click, but if it does, he's hot, she's hot, and, and that's the fun of it, and we're doing it together, which makes it so amazing.
2: And and our our communication is amazing, man. We went to see Fifty Shades Darker, and there's one super erotic scene where he puts Benoit balls up her pussy, and Carol leans over to me and saying, wow, that's fucking hot. I, my pussy's dripping right now. Well, anyways, the next day, we phoned up our friends at Doc Johnson, ordered the Benoit balls, and now they're Carol's favorite friend. <laughs> well, I think there's
0: something to always, I mean... Listen. It's interesting as you say that because it could be Fifty Shades of Grey. It could be. um, I mean, there's so many amazing movies. The Secretary. You know. I mean, I I must say, I'm probably admitting my age in terms of. (laughs) <laughs> not half weeks, that would be because they're hot. But the reality is, mm-hmm. you know, media and fantasy is a way of exploring with your partner. Absolutely. What are those edges that you want to explore and be curious about? And, you know, again, toe in the water, not deep end. You know, what what works for you and what feels right to you and what you can expand upon as a couple.
1: And what we say that, I mean, that movie was not a very good movie, Fifty Shades Darker, but we come out of there saying, well, at least it opens up dialogue. Well, we hope anyways, it mm-hmm. opens up dialogue for couples to talk about um, things that went on in that movie. And, and it's all about talking. So as long as people are talking, it's all
2: good.
0: Absolutely.
2: I let's, let's remind everybody that they're listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with us, Carol and David. And we are going to now um, change gears. And talk to Dr. Megan about our sexy myth-busting game.
1: So, this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we've been talking with Dr. Megan Fleming about strengthening and repairing relationships.
2: And now, it's time for the sexy myth-busting game, where we get the real truths about sexuality and porn. So, Megan, are you ready? (laughs) Da-da-da! I'm not sure. Let's go. Alright, here we go. The first myth. Men me think about sex every seven seconds
0: you know i must tell you that i actually had to look this one up because in my experience and i've been doing this 15 years i don't necessarily think about it in that way um and listen of course i think because of testosterone men think about sex more than women but anyway long and short is i did look it up um and the reality is quote unquote men it's 19 seconds 19 sex thoughts per day right once every one point two six hours, so um, it's actually less than you think. But I can appreciate, it in my experience, that men do often more than women, and this is huge. And I want to say this: you know what? There are a lot of very sexualized women out there. Do not, do not necessarily think that women don't equally think about sex as often as men.
1: Uh, and I heard that the women think of sex uh, ten times a day. So although men nineteen. No, no,
0: no. Some women, but not all. Right. Like some never. Right? right.
1: Exactly. Some women have orgasms. Oh, 10 I'm talking times about a day. average. Anyways, we're talking average. I'm, well.
0: I'm all for one at least a day, right? <laughs> so, at uh, least one absolutely. a day.
1: Absolutely. Carol likes a nice big orgasm and a big squirt every day. Every day. Okay, so we're gonna go to the next myth. Men prefer to have sex at night.
0: Ooh, that one's interesting. In that. You know, from a when we think about testosterone testosterone and circadian rhythm, the reality is rest and relaxed morning, higher levels of testosterone in the morning. Huh, I actually don't agree with that. I think there's a mix there for reasons that are psychosocial, but I would equally say men prefer sex in the morning. Ah. And there's an endocrine perspective that they might more so. And Absolutely.
1: not, oh, I mean, waking up every morning with their heart on, that certainly helps
0: oh, but I really want to make a point there because I work with a lot of men who have erectile dysfunction or they're not concerned about it. If you wake up a wreck that does not equal your arousal there you is go. a reflex. That doesn't equal arousal and do not use that if you're
1: not turned on. Uh-huh.
2: Got it. Interesting. I, I, I wake up with an erection. I'm turned on. Carol looks at it. She says, wow, I didn't have to do any work. Let me suck on this. Oh, there's a nice little pleasure for me. I guess then she, he gets aroused. Yeah, I guess it only, happens. Carol only sucks cock for her benefit. It's, it's not for my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, right. It's for both. Absolutely both. I
0: don't okay. know if we have time for that. I have a whole different discussion about that question or myth. Because honestly, you know, it's interesting that, well, I don't know if we have time. But anyway, we'll come back and we are going to it another
1: day.
2: No problem. We'll here do we, another show on uh, blowjobs.
1: <laughs> We've got another myth here that the woman's sex drive peaks in her 30s.
2: Again, I think
0: uh, you know, it's like the reality is, uh, you know, where for a woman is she comfortable in her body? What does she know is her own pleasure? I often see women, they approach menopause and oh, well, but they're not going to be able to get pregnant and that's a huge relief in relaxation the and they can let go um, and they're more comfortable in their body. So I think that... Um, you
1: know. And their confidence yeah. is maybe more as they get older. their confidence is more. Yeah.
0: There's, there's no one size fits
1: all. Right. And they're probably not trying to impress anybody so they can just do what they feel like.
2: Mm. How about <laughs> And know their
1: own pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: How about this myth? Emotional intimacy guarantees high sex drive and great sex.
0: You know, this is a really great question, and it's a fascinating one in that that for some people that's 100% true, and I hate to say it, well, I don't hate to say it, but I mean, um, there is also a number of people that emotional intimacy and closeness actually makes it harder for them to access their um, sexuality. I mean, we sort of call it the Madonna horror conflict slash freedom responsibility, that sometimes when you don't know someone, it's easier to let yourself go and focus on arousal Uh. An intimate committed relationship sometimes, uh, or the familiarity, you lose your arousal. So, I think this is a very complex question, but
1: so they're not necessarily um, connected
0: to the myth that that is globally true.
1: Um, Okay, so I'm going to throw this one in women want fewer sex partners than men.
0: Well, I think again, this is a cultural stereotype, and we could also probably post a generational. you know, learning curve on this or distribution in that, um, listen, some women equally, if not, want more sex than men. Uh, I think historically and culturally, women were conditioned to want sex less than men. That doesn't equal their own desire for it. I don't think that they had um, an environment or zeitgeist, right, that allowed them to fully explore their sexuality without being slut
2: shamed Cool. All right, I think we have time for one last myth, and it goes 70% of women cannot orgasm with sex alone.
0: Well, I think that one needs to be clarified, I mean, it's certainly true that two-thirds of women, which is about your 70%, don't orgasm with concentration alone, meaning they need external clitoral stimulation, hence hands, toys, vibrators, all that kind of stuff. you know,
2: some women really, it's only the
0: external clitoral stimulation. Some have G-spot. Some do really well with penetration. But I think importantly for men, because I see this so often when women come in really distressed about not having orgasm or particularly not with penetration, that they think there's quote-unquote something wrong with that. Yeah, that's And I think it's really important that we normalize. It has a lot to do with um, essentially where, um, you, you know, your clitoris is relative to your um, vaginal opening and the introitus, which, you know, it, it, it varies. So I want to normalize that some women absolutely do not just orgasm with penetration and for both men and women to relax around that and just focus
2: on what gives them pleasure. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: And they have to like, get to know their body as well, right? It's about getting to know your 100%. body. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Well, um, you know, It's so important to get the real truth out, and Megan, thanks so much for enlightening everybody with um, busting uh, some of those myths.
1: All right, this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and up next is Great Sex Matters with Dr. Megan Fleming, sex and relationship expert.
2: And now it's time for our favorite part of the show, where we get to talk about great sex because... Great sex matters,
1: and we all deserve it. So we've been talking with Dr. Megan Fleming, sex and relationship expert in New York, the author of her book called Invisible Divorce, Finding Your Way Back to Connection. You know, Megan, I really, I find this topic fascinating because I actually lived the invisible divorce years before actually getting divorced 11 years ago. So those last few years of my marriage were like exactly as you describe uh, the invisible divorce. But I'd like you to get, um, in your words, tell us what that's all about.
0: Sure. And, you know, um, I sort of hate to say it, but I think in in my mind, uh, many marriages are living in that, quote, unquote, invisible divorce, meaning that um, they're together but living in so many ways apart. I mean, I think there's nothing more painful than lying in bed with a partner and feeling so disconnected and even more alone or that idea of, you know, walking to the home and almost wishing that your partner wouldn't be there. And I think that, um, you know, from my perspective, there's so much reasons how and why that comes to happen to make sense but I really want to be that wake-up call for couples to realize how and why they got to that place, what makes sense about it, and also how they can turn it around.
1: Right. Well, of course, as for David and I, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I got a chance to meet this wonderful man, and uh, we got a second chance to do it right. You know, David and I were connected on such a deep level that, you know, Every day I thank the universe, for, the universe? for sending him my what way. about the Milky Way? He's such an amazing husband, oh, and partner, and my best friend, of course. Yeah, we have such
2: an amazing life together. You know, we are the happiest and horniest couple that we know.
1: So I just wanted to remind everybody about our story. I think we kind of forgot uh, about how we got together 11 years ago. Yeah,
2: four days before Christmas, Carol and I both got dumped on the same day. And uh, some of our listeners know, but we'll remind everybody that Carol's ex-husband is married to my ex-wife, and they wanted to be together, so they dumped up, dumped us. And yes, it is a true story, and we did it before Shania Twain.
1: <laughs> Needless to say, our previous marriages were not strong. And as I mentioned earlier, we were already living that invisible divorce for several years before all this good stuff happened.
2: Yeah. And, and when we got together, we just made that decision to do it right. Right from the beginning, we learned from our mistakes. We decided that we'd share everything. No secrets, no lies, no pretending that everything is okay. When shit hit the fan and we had our arguments, we just dealt with them and communicated. And then we moved on with living happy, healthy, and horny.
1: And our relation got started on the right foot. And it worked. So listen, look at us today. Not that everything's perfect. Believe me, we do our ups and downs like everybody else. But we have more ups than downs these days. And we really live
2: by the the motto, it's never too late to start again and, you know, we tell everybody don't wait until things get too far along and broken before you try and fix them. So now, let's get back to Dr. Megan and her book The Invisible Divorce. Um,
1: So those key signs, what are those key signs about living this invisible life that people should be looking for? Well, I'm,
0: I'm so struck by what you guys just said and I won't totally get back to that question but I just sort of want to say that crisis is the opportunity
1: right um and whether
0: that is in your case that you know you're you a significant other the end of the relationship and that brought you together but like in my experience as a couple therapist it's the affair it's the addiction like there's a crisis that brings people into therapy and john gottman the well-known um international actually marital researcher is like seven people uh sorry people are often seven years into conflict before they come into couples therapy. So I, I, You know, this is just a shout out to everybody that um, the reality of being um, disconnected and frustrated is completely normal and, you know, this isn't about prevention because nobody buys that model. Mm-hmm. The reality is get yourselves into couples therapy or start talking with each other sooner than later because you don't want it to end up at that tipping point. Um, but sort of coming back, it's, it's just a recognition that couples have a huge opportunity to to realize when they're not on the same page how and why that's happening and um, learning the skills and tools to, as you said, sort of bring up the communication um, and recognizing you know, what needs are getting met or not getting met and ideally, bring it up from the uh, wish and longing, what I want to experience with you, not from the finger pointing pain and frustration of what I'm not experiencing. Now, uh-huh. I d-
1: Sorry, I have a question first. Um, I just wanted to ask you that when I was going through this, I didn't even dawn on me to go to couples therapy. I got to tell you, I don't know why, but it just didn't. Do you have any stats on what's a percentage of couples that actually do seek help?
0: You know, that's a fabulous question, and to be honest, I wish I did, and I don't. And it's interesting as you say that, because um, you know, I have a few friends who have gotten divorced, and I've you know, ask them that question and you're not the only one who said, I never even thought about it. Yeah.
1: I'm
0: like, Ugh. Yeah. Like, like, to me, it's a little like, because part of what I do, right? right. So um, I don't know. I don't know if there's a right or wrong or percentage here, but I guess for anybody who might be in the situation listening and listen, when it comes to couples therapy, vet them, do your research, um, meet more than one because it's all about a match and a fit. Um, and it feels like somebody's working with you because I have a lot of couples that might come to me post another bad relationship with a therapist or they've been divorced before, and they're in that situation now with a second uh, partnership, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a relationship. Yeah. Your relationship, marital relationship, is a relationship, and your therapy's a relationship, and it's about finding the right one, and you have to work at it.
2: Right, and what are, and what are some of the signs that, you know, people can look for... Um, to know if they're living in that um, invisible relationship.
0: I mean, it's interesting you say that because we can, and I will happily say the signs, but I think it's a feeling. Oh, right? Yeah. It's like I'm in, I'm married, I'm in a relationship, and I feel alone, mm-hmm. right? I feel like I can't bring X, Y, or Z to my partner. If something traumatic happened, I'm going to bring it to my girlfriend or parent or somebody else. It's that feeling of, you know, I'm in. At night, rolling over to the other side of the bed, and, um, you know, there's just no connection there. We you talk about all the old ways it may look like, but I think ultimately it's about a feeling when you're married and you're feeling very much alone.
1: Now, how much of this issue is about sex or infidelity or both?
0: Well, I think that so often, um, certainly couples within the state, they're often in a either sexless marriage or they're in one that maybe one partner is understanding what they feel like the duty obligation, but the sex they're having doesn't feel worth having. And sooner or later in my experience, their body shuts down and it's almost an aversion to being sexual. And, and I'm all about, as a therapist, flags, warning signs, flags. Let's notice them. Yellow, red, green. Like, yeah. How do we pay attention? We need to pay attention.
1: Hmm. Now, are there specific skills that you teach couples once they finally do come to you and they realize they have an issue and they come to you and say, you know, this is not working for us. What can we do? Like, what is a general thing you can tell someone that might help them?
2: And get reconnected.
0: Sure. I mean, one of the first things i say individually with a couple, I would say, like, can you imagine and can you picture it? Like your great life, your great sex, right? Your ideal relationship. And if they say to me, no, mm-hmm. I've been there, done that, tried it all. I'm like, eh, yeah. like that's where we start, right? Because if you can't imagine and picture it, where are we going to go? Right. And I call that the foreclosure of imagination. I think so often people feel so stuck in their pattern that they're no longer willing to show up for something that can look better and different.
1: And then you sort of teach them to open their mind again. Is that they start with opening their mind before they can even sure, repair? With open
0: your mind, visualization. It starts with being showing up at one hundred percent or fifty percent because the reality is we're very often. I help people see their um, cycles and their patterns and how um, they may be co-creating their uh, frustrations and disappointments. And the only thing ultimately we can take responsibility for is our own behavior and thoughts and feelings, right? So showing up with 100% or 50% because it really is almost like a law of attraction. You know, when something feels good, the reality is most people lean in,
2: right? Mm-hmm. right?
0: That, that's the nature of it. But when something feels withholding or like neglectful or like, you know, it's like eh, like constricted energy, I mean, I say often, like relationships that aren't very sexual, um, or women could be men, but like when they're complaining that um, their partner doesn't have desire, usually that energy, there's nothing that makes you want to lean into it,
1: right? At all, yeah.
0: Right. So it's about it. Really, is about energy and how do you shift it from a negative sort of vortex to what drew you together in the first place, mm-hmm. right? That that was. That was real. I mean, yes, we talked about romantic love and dopamine, but, like... We don't have chemistry with everybody. I think that's very unique. And it's how do we bring that back online? And how do we lean in and bring out the best in each other versus the worst in each other?
2: Mm, That's that's amazing. All right. We're going to remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. And we're here to help everybody spice up their sex lives and live happy, healthy, and horny. And we are talking to Dr. Megan Fleming about her book, Invisible Divorce, Finding... Your way back to connection. So, Megan, um, what are some of the steps um, that we can use or, or talk to people about to create a thriving, healthy relationship?
0: Well, I think um, first of all, yeah, the book. But it's and, and it's interesting, as I say, this about getting the book because I it is on Amazon and it's live, and I went self published versus traditional published. And what I want to say to your audience and everyone is like, you know, hopefully you love it and you give me good start but like if you have negative feedback i totally want to know and i want to
1: <laughs> no problem everyone's like, going to email you right away
0: i'm just letting you know like i'm a perfectionist at heart and i like didn't actually want to put it out there but for reasons i you know <laughs> i did so listen i really want to connect with people and help them have healthy healthy hot sexy horny relationships so what i would say is if you go out there and you love it great thankful Five stars, and if you have critique, and I would so want to know because I just want to make it better. That that is my personal commitment. Um, but that being said, I think it has so much to do with what we're saying. It's like, you know, first of all, do I believe in magic? Get better. Am <laughs> I willing to? Sh- am I willing to do the work? Right. The work is. I'm willing to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, and I'm willing to lean in, even when a part of me is like, I've been there, done that. and I don't want to. You know, it's like. I really outline steps that help people recognize that what's normal about how and why they got to where they are, as well as you know how do I get to where I want to go. And the reality is we can only do um, we can only control ourselves and our own experience. And in my mind, when one person consistently consistent is a huge operative word here um, turns things around. Their partner often because it, energy is. Law of Attraction does shift themselves, but um, that there are steps and tools and ways of learning about how and why you're reacting the way that you are and what you can do differently to turn the ship around.
1: Now, we have to remind everyone that it's so important to take the time every day to invest in your relationship. So are you teaching them that, how to prioritize their couple and not let their work and family monopolize their time?
0: You know, I think that's amazing what you're saying because it's so huge. I think compared to generations before us, we've been never so more over-scheduled and Brown would say over-medicated, right? That to keep up with the demands of our time, we're on antidepressants this, that and the other, and the reality, yeah, we're actually the most addicted cohort wow. um, to drugs and alcohol and things like that. So the reality is we have to slow life down and really think about our priorities mm-hmm. because I often am struck by that song, and I'm going to date myself again by Cat Stevens and "Cats in the Cradle." Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> the reality is, is like when we feel like, "Oh, okay, financially we're more stable," and I want to slow down and hang out with you. Our kids are already on yeah. to the next one, right? Yeah. Like, Dad, can I have the car keys? No. And so, to me, it's like, how do we slow things down to realize we have more than we think? we do or need to really slow down and spend the time with our kids or our relationship so that we're nurturing um, those next five or ten years because I think so often we take things for granted and we think when then you know when I do X, Y, or Z then I can relax then I can spend time with my kids then I can spend time with my partner then I can have a hot sexy life and I'm like no, 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 no then it's it too has late it to be now <laughs> yeah. right. it
2: has then to it's be now late. yeah right. absolutely Megan, every day that was uh, the uplo- absolutely best closing wrap up we've had of all our shows to date uh, you are absolutely amazing uh, we had a great and insightful discussion, thank you so much for joining us, why don't you take a minute to tell everybody how they can reach out to you, uh, buy your book uh, get involved in your workshops and where you are on social media
0: and <laughs> I'm not prepared for that um, So, well, uh, for me Great life, great sex.com is my website, and um, if you go on to onto Um uh, I'm really <laughs> real excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you, because uh, technology is not my strong suit. <laughs>
1: cool. So let's all agree then. It's crystal clear that we need to work on our relationship every single day, and experience an intimacy, and great sex is critical to our health, our happiness, and our well-being of every relationship. We must find time and prioritize and invest in our relationship and not let work and family replace our sex lives. Positive attitude and great communication can make all the difference and remember it's never too late to start with sex.
2: Just do it. Well, that's it for our show today. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) A big thank you to our special guest, Dr. Megan Fleming. And of course,
1: if you missed any of this information, just go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information. And you can even contact them there if you have any questions about their things.
2: Exactly. And like we did this week, we're learning more and more every week with all our great guests. We hope you do too. And you know, if you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at Carolyn david.com alrighty wow the end of another great show with another amazing guest and as we do every week we want to thank all our listeners for being here week in and
1: week out and join us again next time for another hour of the sexy lifestyle talking about sex sexuality sexual health and pleasure and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy healthy and always horny
2: well that's it for our show today Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex please stay safe and of course